You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the star of Spike Lee's new film, To Five Bloods, Delroy Lindo. Black GI, is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the Soul Brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Be safe. Gentlemen, welcome back to Vietnam. Look what I found. Dirty man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. We bury it. They don't, we come back and collect. I shall resign the presidency. Being back here, it is not easy. Broken man. So what, you blaming yourself? You don't even know. No! been dying for this country from the bad kit. Now the time is There are things to realize. We give this goal to our people. Hold on! In my line of work, I have to be very careful. And that means knowing exactly who I am in business with. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Neglia, and today we are talking to a veteran of the industry, an almost 50-year-long career, and a career that spans across television, across film. He's reunited with Spike Lee for Defy Bloods. Ladies and gentlemen, Delroy Lindo. Good morning. Good morning. Nice talking to you, sir. How does it feel after all these years, like I said, nearly 50 years in the industry, getting the level of recognition that you have received for this film? It's been a couple months now since it released on Netflix, and the response has just been sensational. How do you feel about it? I feel terrific. I feel um, that it, it feels like the culmination of a journey. And when I say the culmination, I don't mean the end, mm-hmm. um, but I mean cumulatively, It's it's it's. I've arrived at this place and it feels very very affirming that's awesome i'm really really glad to hear you say that um as i mentioned before this project reunites you with spike lee a filmmaker that you've worked with in the past before i I actually just rewatched um malcolm x uh just the other night actually oh wow yeah and so i was curious to know like over the years what is the uh best lesson that you've learned working with spike good question wow that's a that's a very good question and i am not sure matthew that i can identify one thing sure 
But what I would say in response to your question is trust the fact that he trusts me mm -hmm. and all that that denotes. Mm -hmm. I auditioned for Malcolm X, but I have not auditioned for any of the other work. He's invited me in. So the fact that he's inviting me in to these projects, mm -hmm. trust the value of that. Now, I say that not because I don't trust, but I say that as a way of affirming for myself that I really am bringing something to the table, something of value to the table. And again, sure. it's not that I, that I mistrust my ability to bring something to the table, but from the standpoint of affirming me as a worker, um, embrace that. Because mm -hmm. some projects that one works on, and I heard another actor say this recently, sometimes you want to say now, you want to say to the director or the producer, you want to say, well, okay, now, why exactly do you want me on this project? Because you're not quite letting me bring that right now. Mm -hmm. I never have that ever with Spike. Well, that's really, really good to hear because on the page, this is a very challenging and exciting role for any actor to want to play. So in this climate that we're living in, having to play this really fascinating character of Paul, a Trump supporter, what lengths did you have to go to in order to find the the character the hu the humanistic qualities that you could identify with with that character because i'm sure he's got, he's complete opposite of you in so many different ways well he's opposite from me in terms of the vote that he cast <laughs> in 2016 mm -hmm. and that's a significant component that is opposite from me so my work initially was to to come to terms with that and to understand and empathize with that choice mm -hmm. because had i not done that i would have been outside of it i would have been outside of um the character in a very very critical and unacceptable way so i had to understand why in the world would somebody do that mm -hmm. make that uh, cast that vote now and once I answered that question for myself, I then was able to um, start the journey inside this character. Once I did that, I then started to realize that Paul and I are not so different mm. in terms of, of what I mean by that, in terms of feeling disconnected Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's the same for you. There are areas in your life where you feel disconnected. We all do. Sure. Mining those areas for myself that I could then bring them to bear in service of Paul and Spike's narrative. Mm -hmm. The things that, so those kinds of things. So the more that I did that, the more I was able to fuse together, fuse myself with Paul. Sure. Does that makes sense? Totally. Yeah. Hey, hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Like I said, it must have been quite a challenge because you guys are shooting on location. It looks hot as hell on it camera. Was hot as hell. It was oh, hot I, as hell. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I would be yeah. begging for water 24 7. You know what? Well, yeah, there was plenty of water, thank God. <laughs> um, but I, I'll tell you what the, 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 the two components that you mentioned at the beginning of your question, which is challenging and exciting. Yeah. And the challenge, the, the, the heat did not, um, the, 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 the magnitude of the challenge and the magnitude of my excitement along with my castmates was much larger than any discomfort that I felt with the physical conditions. Sure. Climatic conditions, does that make sense? Totally, yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned your castmates. You, you guys are having to play younger versions of yourselves in these war scenes. You're running around, sliding and, I talk about just doing that because I know that there was a conversation happening about are we going to have these actors necessarily de-aged or they're going to just always play the younger versions of themselves. So when they said to you, no, Delroy, we're putting the gun in your hands, putting you in the jungle and you're going to go, go, go. What was uh, that experience like? It wasn't quite like that in as much as the conversations that were being had were maybe being had at the studio level between mm -hmm. Spike and the and and the studio, but it, it wasn't presented to me as an actor, or I believe any of the actors in quite those terms. Mm -hmm. um, it just it was always that because I remember reading the script for the first time, and it was very clearly delineated. It was uh, described that we would be in the flashback scenes, our current ages. Mm -hmm. In reading it, it didn't feel strange. I just accepted it. Sure. Absolutely. In playing it, it made so much sense mm -hmm. because we are all, after all, reliving our recollection of Norm, the character played by Chadwick Boseman. We're, yeah. we, we're all reliving that and revisiting that in our present, as our present day selves. So it made perfect sense not to de-age us, mm -hmm. right? So all I can say is it didn't feel strange on the page 
And in playing it, it felt completely organic. I understood the messaging that it was trying to convey as well when I watched it too. And I thought it was a really, really strong thematic choice to your point. So I think it paid off. Yeah. And let me just say one other thing about the physical challenge of running and jumping and sure. I'm not going to say challenging. It it was, it was a, what? It was a component that one had to engage. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to Spike, yeah. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I get asked asked questions by journalists and it triggers something in my head that I hadn't necessarily thought about, but I'm thinking about it now in response to the question. So I remember saying to Spike in one of the scenes where I had to run through the underbrush and yes, I was tired and yes, I wasn't running as fast as I would have been running when I was 30 years old. But I said, Spike, I want to do this. Let me yeah. do this. I didn't want the I didn't want the um, uh, stunt person to do it, and for mm -hmm. him have to figure out how to cover it. And I said, no, no, let me do it, man. Let me do it, and he let me do it, and he let me do it. And I think for, he made that decision for all of the actors. Mm -hmm. You'd have to ask Spike about this. You really would, because I'm not inside Spike's head. All I can tell you is he let he allowed me to do it, and the speed that I was running at. Um, huffing and puffing and running as fast as I could, even though it was not as fast as Carl Lewis, right? <laughs> um, and it wouldn't have been as fast as Carl Lewis when I was 25 years old either. Sure. But, but he embraced that. And if you think about that, and again, you really have to ask Spike about this, but if you think about, he, he, didn't, he, he never said to me, man, let's, let's have the stunt guy do this. He never said that. It was always accepting and embracing of what I as an actor was bringing, no matter what the scene, including the physical aspects of the work. Yeah. Affirming, man. Very, very affirming. Two last questions. One very quick. The other one I'll ask you to expand. The quick one. You have this long monologue in the movie at the, towards the end. Everybody loves it. It's one of the best scenes of the year. Your performance is extraordinary. There's a lot of people that asked me to ask you, and I want to know for myself, how many takes did that take? Uh, I I don't know, but <laughs> I think we did multiple takes. Mm -hmm. But the multiple we did do not. I think we did multiple takes eight, nine. I'm really not sure, but we did multiple takes. But the thing about doing multiple takes of that particular scene, again, affirming. It was extremely affirming. It wasn't as if Spike was saying, "Let's go again," because we weren't. Get, he wasn't getting something that he wanted. He was saying, "Let's go again," so we can. And again, you have to ask Spike in terms of his process. Sure. But my perception, my understanding was we were going again because we wanted to mine the scene yet further. Yeah. And then my uh, last question here: You talked a lot about the cast. You mentioned Chadwick before. That final scene that the two of you share together, I'm sure has just taken on such extraordinary weight and power in the wake of his passing. Can you just tell us uh, a little bit about your time working with, with Chadwick on set? <laughs> that last scene um, was Chadwick's first day of work on the film. Wow. <laughs> wow was right. So when you, when you look at the scene in that context, you, it sums up everything that Chadwick represented for me. Um, his professionalism, his goo gobs of talent, his God-given talent, his application, his presence, his there-ness 
nobody, unless I say it, nobody would ever say, man, this cat looks a little rusty. You're never questioning. The fact that you said, wow, when I said that was his first day of work is indicative of the size of his uh, talent, mm -hmm. professionalism, and ultimately I would say his grace as a human being. He brought all of that to bear in all of his work. And I looked at, I've looked at his films subsequent to his passing. Um, and when you have that kind of a talent that is cut short so tragically, all I can say is I'm really, really um, gratified is not the word. I can't think of the word, but I'm just happy, gratified that I got a chance to play with him. And the fact that we got to play together in this particular film uh, is very, very special for me. Well, it's a very, very special film in a lot of ways, as is your performance. Delroy, I really, really appreciate the time that you've given to me today to talk about The Defied Bloods. Congratulations to you and best of Thank luck you. with everything else down the road. I appreciate it. God bless. Take care. Thank you. You as well. Take care. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with Delroy Lindo here on the Next Best Picture podcast for his new film, Defy Bloods, currently streaming on Netflix. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are currently available anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And you can head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, leave us a comment, and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.